Blog Talk Radio. afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the show. This is your girl, the Literary Diva of Blog Talk Radio, and welcome into a very special episode with a um, special guest um, who has been on our program um, um, a few times, and we have enjoyed every time she's come to our show. Um, She's back with a brand new book, but before we get into her new book, and uh, before we bring her on, I just want to say shout out to all of our listening audience. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, if you are tuning in, and um, and shout out to all of those who will be listening in later on as you play back this episode. Um, I totally understand if you're at work or, you know, you're at an appointment or whatever, you can't listen in live, but the beauty about BTR is that you can always go back and listen to any show that you get ready, pass it on to your family and friends, pass it on to your coworkers, tell everybody all about it because that's the beauty about this network. And um, that's why we like being on here. <laughs> um, also, hit up Amazon to um, get you get you and your kids, you and your family, some wonderful books. Um, you know, school school will be out. I know for <clears throat> um, a good deal of the, well, let's just say some of the East Coast or most of the East Coast, the schools are letting out this week. I know down south they let out, I believe, in May, maybe the end of May, so they're already enjoying their summer. Um, but, you know, we always encourage you guys to read more and to you know, get your kids some really good books, some really wonderful books. 
And, you know, we understand that times may be a little tough for a lot of people. Um, so if you can't order from Amazon or or if you can't go into some of the big book retailers, there's a number of book retailers that are online um, where you can um, swap books and, 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 and things just like that. You have thrift stores, which I love a good thrift store. You find tons of books at thrift stores. Um, and some of those books are like a dollar, some even 50 cents. I know the Salvation Army, um, uh, if, you, um, if you're out in about this summer and you head over to your Salvation Army, and I, and I don't know if all of them are even doing this, but um, some of them are, um, if you go in and you buy something from their thrift store, um, they are they will give a book to your child. So that's a good way to stock up on books and stock up stock up on some really good finds too. So um you know, if it's a little tight and you still want your child to get their reading in this summer, or you can just swap books with some of your friends, you know, some of the moms that are in your neighborhood, you can swap books and that's a good way to kind of um, get some really good books for you and your kids to read and things like that. Or um, think about some of the um, summer camps that are um, going on where they have, you know, some of them um, are sports related, you know, recreational. Um, Then you have some of them that incorporate um, school activities, you know, classroom style activities. Um, so that they're, because, <laughs> you know, when the kids get out of school, they're learning, oh, my goodness, you know, or what they've learned. You know, I guess they say um, the numbers show that kids kind of forget. Um, this is why some of the camps are incorporating classroom-style activities, you know, a little bit of math, a little bit, uh, a little bit of English, a little bit of this and that, you know, just to keep their brains on point, keep their – keep their focus, you know, so that they don't forget. So that's a that's a good thing, too. And then some of the camps, they even give away books and things like that to the kids once the camps are, like, over. So think about some of those things, and, and that's a good way that you can stock up on some books, too, for your um, children. So, all right, folks, today's guest isn't a newbie, like I stated earlier to the show. She's been here many times, and she is back with a new mystery novel titled The Reporter's Story. It is available for pre-order um, right now at um, online book retailers, Amazon, of course. Um, and so let's go ahead and bring her in. Let's welcome in our guest, author Joyce T. Strand. Hi, Joyce. How are you? Really good. Thank you. And thank you for having me on your show again. And I'm so excited to be talking to listeners who maybe even have heard me before. That is quite I fun. know. <laughs> I know. So how have you been? I know you've been busy because you have a new book out, but how have you really been? Oh, pretty good. Uh, uh, the weather in Southern California, we've even had rain, so that's been nice although it's it's turning now to the hot summer time but uh uh fun and i really um and not to turn it back to the book but i really really yeah. enjoyed enjoyed researching and writing uh the reporter story it was such fun because i i said it in 1912 san francisco 
and uh, spent, a, spent a lot of time uh, pouring through newspapers from the time, and, and I just really enjoyed it. It was, uh, it, it's been a fun time. Uh, you but, know, uh, yeah, and well, as I was, I'm sorry, as I was reading it, um, just thinking about 1912 and how how difficult it must have been for women in general, um, I was really um, glad to see a leading lady just kind of cut through, you know, just kind of, you know, get <laughs> get in there, you know. Yeah, and um, like uh, well, my partic- particularly my historical mysteries, I based it on a real character. And Emma was yeah. based on a real character um, named Marjorie Driscoll, who was a reporter who graduated from Stanford as opposed to Cal, graduated from Stanford in 1913 and, and became a very famous reporter, uh, um, front-page reporter by the 1920s. And so Emma is, Emma is based on her, uh, although I... I Highly fictionalized Emma, yeah. um, but nonetheless, her her approach to reporting, her her uh, values are all uh, pulled from from uh, Marjorie Driscoll. Uh, so that that was fun to do that, and then uh, as I said, just exploring 1912 San Francisco, um, uh, and and uh, y- you learn early on that that, that uh, Emma is. Uh, Pursuing uh, house burglary. Well, when I when I poured through the paper, and I this is how I get my background. Most of it is I read papers from the time, and I read the uh, San Francisco Call. And I'll tell you, every day there were more and more reports about house burglaries. It's very common in 1912. Wow! So, so that's why I chose that as as a way to do it. And and the tongs were, although they were not as powerful as they had been. Uh, yeah. The tongs were very much uh, a part of San Francisco in 1912, uh, on their way to being controlled, which which um, hopefully that came across. But but um, the setting was was uh, I mean history just gives you the opportunity to do some unique things, and the setting was absolutely really, really based on what was happening in San Francisco. So um, talk to us more about her family because you know. She's, you know, she wants to be this world famous reporter. Talk to us more about her family and how that, um, you know, kind of some of the difficult things with her family. Her family, meaning her father. Um, yes, she was. Yes. Yeah, she was. Uh, uh, in in and this is fiction. Um, this is not. Yes. Marjorie, this is <laughs> because I needed to give her. Uh, a background that that showed that she did have the capability of becoming a, a world class reporter, and uh, so um, one of the things that Driscoll said was that if if you've if you've worked at a, a medium sized newspaper, that gives you the qualifications to become a uh, you know a, 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 a really world class reporter. That that's a great way to start. So I invented her her background. Of mm-hmm. being being the daughter uh, of um, uh, a, a man who uh, owned a newspaper in Sacramento, which was a smaller area, but but still a pretty but big enough that it would qualify. And her uh, her mother died when she was born, so she was raised by her father, who uh, really kind of put his life on hold for her. In addition mm-hmm. to having having this newspaper, but uh, so he. 
he instilled a lot of the reporter instincts in her and taught her how to be a reporter and gave her a typewriter early on and um you know which is how she reported her stories and and basically taught her how to write and he also insisted however that she go to college and so she um she went to the University of California Berkeley uh which uh was I think the only university of the, of the system set up then but I couldn't have her graduate from Stanford much as Driscoll because my late husband was a Cal grad, and it would have just, I mean, uh, it was just <laughs> awful. So I had to have her graduate for, graduate from, from Berkeley. Um, but he, but the father insisted that she do that before she go off and become a, a reporter. Um, and so she, she does that, and then she gets a job at, um, a, again, a fictional newspaper, which I called the Gazette, but it's really based on the San Francisco Call, which was purchased by Hearst in 1913, I believe. Um, so it was, you know, uh, a lot of the things and a lot of the stories that she reports on are real stories and uh, that came out of, out of that newspaper. As you were doing your research for this story, what was the most interesting thing that you found that had happened during that time um i always assumed that woodrow wilson was a progressive um president turns out he was against women's suffrage in this time period um so he was against giving women the right to vote and that just i was very surprised at that now he did change his and and i i suspect he was influenced by his wife because his wife passed away uh and then he remarried in 1916, and after he remarried, his uh, views on suffrage changed, and he became pro giving women the right to vote. But uh, but I was just really surprised about that. Um, and, and also the, um, uh, there were some interesting tidbits that came out about the Titanic. The Titanic was a huge news story in 1912, of course, and uh, oh, there yeah. were some interesting things then, you know, just – let me see. I can't remember if it was was it Astor. Uh, anyway, one of the one of the women that survived and her husband was left on the Titanic, uh, and they were millionaires, uh, was not given her husband's money by the will. I mean, just silly things like this. Oh, and the yeah, uh, the, the the builder of the uh, the ship line who was on the Titanic was one of the ones that was allowed off. Uh, and then he went off to some luxury hotel, and this was a huge deal wow. in, in the newspapers because he went on, and, and all of the, the other victims were were not given, uh, you know, uh, nice hotels or something. I don't know. It was just, but there were things like that that, and it was it was so hard not to put everything in the book. And in fact, my, I can imagine. Wow. My, in fact, my, my editor did manage to redline about 5,000 words because I just, I just get so tied up and, and I find these tidbits of history so interesting. Um, but they do sometimes interfere with the, with the plot and with the mystery. And that's what it was all about. <laughs> you had a lot to pull from though. And I think that that's wonderful because you can definitely, you have a lot to, um, build your story up with, and I think that that's great that you use a lot of his um, historical events or you know um, or things that had happened um, to inspire your um, stories. Um, and not only that, but it's you know as you're reading it, 
you know, it seems, and, and you know, even though it's um, fictionalized, it just comes across as something, wow, you know, like it's just really real. So it gives off um, a true or a real sense um, that what you have written is actually um, what had happened then, <laughs> if that makes sense. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, I've, as I say, it, yes. it's just it's peppered with real events. But yes. um, but for example, um, there's a, a an incident in the book of where she goes to attend a, a scrimmage, a soccer scrimmage between Cal mm-hmm. and and Stanford, and that was the year that Stanford really did institute soccer, and Cal had been doing it for years. But but it, I mean that's real. They 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 actually the, the scrimmage was was fiction. But the fact that they were interested in, in playing soccer and had a program was was actual. Um, so they're just little things like that that I I just loved using um, to to create. I mean, if you've read the book, you know what that scene's all about. But um, yes, you know. But uh, it, anyway, it, it it was it was such fun. I I and, and it took me. I mean, I spent a lot of time on it. Of course, I I probably spent more time than I needed. But I just. I just got so embroiled and so interested in in the history um, and, and how people lived and what they were going through at the time. Um, and, of course, 1912 was uh, six years after the earthquake and, um, uh, of 1906 in San Francisco, so that, that just added another element. You know, the rebuilding of the city just added another element uh, to the, the background uh, of the story. So it was just it was just fun. I, I agree. Um, talk to us about some of the other characters that are in this story, and you know, and I know you don't want to give too much away because you you know, but um, talk to us about the um, the burglary that she's um, investigating. Um, well, as I said, burglaries were very common in San Francisco and the and the surrounding area at this time and mostly rich people's homes. I mean they were mostly the mansions and the and, and how or why people were able to break into these homes I, I never could quite figure out. Um but so the burglary that takes place uh is a huge amount uh of jewelry and China and um I, I the, the figure is eight thousand dollars and I computed that. It's close to two hundred thousand in today's terms. And yet the the uh, owner of or the, the victim uh, denies that the burglary ever happened, which is what what sets Emma's feelers off, and and she wants to understand why that is. And I don't want to go too much into the yeah because Ken, but in in the meantime she um, uh, she is assigned um, coverage of a murder trial, which is has become in the in the few years up leading up to 1912 become common in women's uh, covering of um, stories it, it, because they apparently there was a huge case um, earlier like six years earlier in which women did a superb job and got front page coverage and for some reason were able to to write about the trial and uh, uh, capture the essence, and so it was fairly common. That's amazing. And, yeah, and, and this came out of a wonderful book that was written by um, 
a reporter in 1939 uh, that's all about the history of women reporters and um, the trends were that that was the trend of of the time was that women were allowed or asked to cover um, cover murder cases for that reason. Um, and wow. anyway, anyway, so she meets someone there um, that um, becomes a, an important part of her life. Uh, I describe him, I think, as tall, blue-eyed, and handsome. Uh, and then um, uh, you see her father plays a, a big part in her life. Uh, mm-hmm. she, she still uses him uh, for both her career uh, advisor as well as her life advisor. He is he's worried that she will, uh, you know, as a father, you can imagine he's worried that she'll give up on um, having a family and falling in love yes. and all these things. And she says, well, she's going to be a reporter. She doesn't have time to be a mother and a, a, a wife and mother. And uh, one of the issues of the time was that women reporters were not highly regarded because they did tend to go off and and, and manage their family. So if, if the family emergency came up and there was a deadline, uh, women were known to just go off and take care of the family, not not stay and report. So so they had kind of a bad reputation uh, at this time period, and she was determined to overcome that. Um, but at any rate, her father remains and throughout the book remains a, um, a a strong part of her life um and and influences her um and she she's a little naive in places there's there's no doubt uh but she is so determined and so ferocious that um uh she you know overcomes a lot uh and doesn't overcome some things but uh Eventually, she meets another uh, reporter at her paper, and uh, he helps her a little bit. Uh, so, uh, those are the main characters, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, That's what I really liked about this this um, story: how uh, just how determined you made the character out to to be, because you know. Um, you know, in today's times, of course, it's so different than it was then. But in today's times, you know, it's a—I uh, guess you could say—it's more so an equal, an equal playing field. <laughs> and um, you know, uh, just looking at how you developed her, which, which is great. Um, you know, how determined she was to get where she wanted to to be. Um, you have you have that now, but it's more so like um, you know it's so easy to get there. It's like being determined is not at the forefront, like you know in that particular time. But um, that's that's what I really like about this story of, of just how she just you know just just got out there and just started you know doing it, and and I really like that. Yeah, and, and of course, so do I. I mean, that, that, it, that's the kind of person I respect, so obviously that comes through, I'm sure. Um, oh, absolutely it does. Yes, ma'am. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> so my other question is, um, I asked you what was the most interesting thing, but um, as far as in, you know, some of the trends 
in media, you know, I, I guess you could say in media with the, the reporting and the newspapers and things like that, um, were there any trends that kind of stood out to you as you were doing a lot of your research? Then? Um, oh, yeah, fascinating time. This is the time of Hearst versus Pulitzer. Pulitzer, who we now give a prize for literature, was the, mm-hmm. was the originator of yellow journalism. And uh, the two of them, East Coast, West Coast, would, would um, compete for the news, if you will, and 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 this comes out. Uh, Emma mentions this in in her, you know, as, as she struggles with that element because she's someone, as was Driscoll, by the way. She's someone who wants to report the news, not make it or not not influence it. Although she has her twangs of wanting to to mention more about women's suffrage and and getting the right to vote. Um, but at any rate, uh, William Randolph Hearst and, and Pulitzer were, were going at each other. And in fact, uh, Hearst at this point does purchase, um, and I believe it was the New York Daily News, so that he could be right in Pulitzer's backyard. Um, wow. But the, two, but the two of them were really <laughs> competing. And Hearst, of course, just, I mean, he, he, he buys the call in 1913. He has uh, the... Um, uh, let me see. The Chronicle is the competitive paper that the DeYoung family started in San Francisco. I, can you believe I know all this? Um, and at any rate, he um, he he purchases and and has a uh, an evening paper. And then when he buys the call, he uses them as a daily paper. And he grows. I mean, he absolutely grows uh, journalism. Now, Hearst and Pulitzer both were known for hiring women, and uh, so despite. Despite the fact that they they were uh, promoting uh, sensational uh, news coverage, uh, they they yeah. did and they did hire a lot of women because women could write, and they weren't necessarily considered great reporters, but they were considered great writers. And, That's uh, amazing. But but that whole trend that was all going on and and was just kind of at the mid stages in 1912. Um, but if you if you ever go back and now the call didn't seem to be as sensational as some papers, but most of them were um, uh, quite 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 yellow, if you will. <laughs> I mean, quite um, sensational in in how they covered the news. Um, so wow. that was that was the trend of the time. Um, My goodness. It was always competition. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, always competition. Like I mean, now it's wow, it's crazy now. The competition just to be, you know, at the forefront of everyone that's you know online or reading the newspaper or whatever it is. It's just so competitive. Yeah, and and multiple sources, and you're never quite sure what's true and what isn't. And oh um, my goodness, yes. And, uh, <laughs> and everyone has a slant. Uh, but but it was yes. it was also true. I mean, uh, if you, the newspapers of the time had had in the nineteen early twentieth century had their slants too. So it wasn't just um, it isn't just today. It's just that we've got yes. more today because of electronic uh, newspapers and uh, Facebook and all the other sources of our news. Yes, lots lots going on. Um, I wanted to ask you, how did you come up with the cover? I love it. I mean, it's simple, but it definitely says, I mean, it's just, 
it, it's, it's a perfect fit. So how did you come up with that? Well, um, I, I have a great cover designer. <laughs> That's how I That's come awesome. up with it. <laughs> but, That's uh, great. I love but, it. But what I typically do, um, uh, first of all, I don't like showing the faces of my characters because I, want, mm-hmm. I, I feel like readers like to imagine them and, and, and put how they want them to be in their own heads. So I never show a face. So my, my designer um, is well aware of that. And so when she designs, she never, um, she never, um, I'm just trying to, her name is Natasha Brown, by the way. Uh, she never puts a cover or a, a face on. So that's the first thing. And then secondly, I told her what I needed. And I said, uh, I think if you can include a typewriter, that would be great because uh, that was um her friend, I mean, throughout the book, that's her, her, her typewriter is her, the mm-hmm. only friend she has sometimes. And, uh, and uh, she, she produced, this is a, I think it's an image on top of an image. Uh, so mm-hmm. And, and she, uh, she changed some things for it, but basically she, she designed it and found, found the photos and did it with not a lot of effort. <laughs> you know, I saw this and went, oh, that's it. She gave me like five, <laughs> five, five options. Uh, but I just and this one was the the one she ended up with. But uh, I, I, I I agree with you. I love her covers. <laughs> I love this. And I mean, again, it's simple, but it it I mean, it's one of those things that wow, it does. I mean, it's just a perfect fit to the. I mean, to everything. It just came out great. Yeah, and if you look, um, you know, this is my second historical no, uh, mystery. And if you if you look at the first one, which is the judge's story, you'll see very similar. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's making these look alike, and then my contemporary ones uh, are are different, and they they but they the, the the they they match each one. I mean, so I have uh, the first are the three that are one one protagonist, and then the second is a, is a uh, there's two more that are a different protagonist, and and she makes them all look. Like they belong in the same group, and uh, absolutely. Anyway, anyway, Natasha Brown. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Now I know this book is is new for you, and um, I always just love to ask people: Are you working on anything currently? Are you um, thinking of anything currently um, for the near future? Oh yeah, I'm working on the third and final of the uh, Bryn Bancroft mystery uh, trio. Oh, and I think I think I probably talked to you about that. Yes, the, the second yes. one. And um, and yeah, I, and I'm um, plotting and writing that right now, and I plan to uh, release it in November. And that will, as as I said, that again will be the third and final of that trio, and then. Uh, on the contemporary side, I'm starting a new series that will involve a a protagonist uh, here in my where I live in the San Diego area in a small town nearby, and uh, and that will be then 2017. And then I'm I, I will do another historical mystery. I haven't quite decided uh, which would come out mid year next year, but I haven't quite decided whether it's going to be a teacher or a nurse. Or maybe neither. Uh, I'm, I'm, mm. I'm investigating various characters. Uh, I tend to like to find not not so well known ones, but people who mm-hmm. have made, who have made a difference. And uh, so I'm I'm working on that 
Um, uh, yes. <laughs> that's, uh, well, I can't wait to read it because I, I love your, I love it. I love your, you know, um, your historical works are great. I love the mystery genre because it just keeps you locked in, <laughs> you know, just keeps you locked in. Um Tell the listeners how they can find you and find out where you're going next on your tour, if you're going to have any book signings, you know, things like that. Um, probably the best place for being all-inclusive is my webpage, which is joystrand.com, and um, uh, everything is listed there. Uh, I do sell my books both on Amazon for book as well as ebook and on barnesandnoble.com um ebook but also uh I have a wonderful local independent bookstore who promotes um local authors uh, and and does book um you see book signings book uh parties if you will and and promotes them and uh so if you uh if you have a choice of ordering books and you want a book, uh, they will do it online and send you an autograph. They're the only ones that do autograph copies for me because I can drive down and hand it to them. And uh, right. so they, they and that's uh, it's called unicornbooksandgifts. And you can do unicornbooksandgifts.com. Uh, again, all of this is information, and uh, I will be doing a, a book signing there on Saturday, as a matter of fact. Um, it, but uh, all, of, all of this is on my webpage. Awesome. Well, Joyce, thank you so much for spending part of your day with us and our listeners. And as always, you're always invited back so much. I really oh, appreciate thank this. You. I love talking to you. So. Well, and I really enjoy doing this, and thank you for doing it because I think it really helps to, to match oh, up readers, readers and, and yes. authors. And we, and we love that. Absolutely, we do. Thank you, and um, best of luck on the rest of your book tour. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everybody. That was author Joyce T. Strand talking about her new book titled The Reporter's Story. And it's available for pre-order on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. And, of course, you can go to her website, which I think is awesome. She has everything there. You can uh, read about her how she got her start, what she used to do, um, contact her, you know, if you have any questions and things like that. She's such a joy to talk to. So, um, again, my I love talking with her because she, you know, her mind with just coming up with characters and how she develops them and, and then going and then creating these uh, works of um, fiction off of, Real historical events is just amazing. I love that. And just like she said, when you research a lot of past history, you can build a lot around that. You know, don't copy that, but, you know, kind of take from that. Get inspired from those past historical events and create a really great story. Um, I'm telling you, you'd be surprised at who would pick that book up and just read it and love it. So with that being said, everybody, this is your girl, the Larry Diva Block Talk Radio. This has been another fantastic interview with our guest, author Joyce T. 
Peace Strands. Thank you, everybody, so much for tuning in, and God bless you guys.